This is a special episode of the Springs in the Desert podcast, recorded on Facebook Live for our Praying Through Infertility Advent Retreat. We've enjoyed sharing the podcast with you this year, and we hope you'll join us starting in January for new episodes and our book club series. The Springs in the Desert team looks forward to even more opportunities to walk together with you in faith and hope in the new year. God bless and Merry Christmas. Hi, everybody. We are live on Facebook. I am Andrea Mahoney, and I am a member of the Springs in the Desert uh, ministry team. I've been with Springs in the Desert for about three years now, and we just wanted to welcome you here. I'll quickly just uh, introduce the rest of the faces on the screen. Um, first, we have Anne and her husband, Keith. Um, they're, they're here in central Pennsylvania. Anne is one of the founding mothers, we like to call them, of Springs in the Desert. And then we have uh, Phil and Stacy as well, and they come from Indiana. And then we have Father Paul and his beautiful wife, Alyssa, and they are also in Pennsylvania. And then lastly, we have Kimberly uh, joining us from Ohio. She is also one of the founding mothers of Springs in the Desert. So we are just so blessed to be with you all here today um, for the next hour. Uh, we're just going to take this time to share a little bit more uh, in depth about our own uh, prayer experiences, um, both personally and also as a couple too, um, and dive into some obstacles and challenges, but also the good fruits of what God has done um, for us in our prayer lives. And um, during this time, we also say feel free to comment any prayer intentions uh, in the box. We'll also be watching those throughout. Um, and then also any questions that you might have, we just invite you to add those in as well. And then we will close our time with the uh, wonderful St. Andrew Christmas Novena. Um, so we can close our time together for the retreat in prayer. Uh, for those of you that have joined us this weekend on retreat, we thank you. Um, please know that the talks will be posted um, continuously, so feel free to go back and watch or continue to watch. And then those that haven't joined us, you're still welcome to register um, at springsofthedesert.org as well to catch those talks. So um, we're going to start off our time together. I'm going to invite Keith and Anne to share a little bit more Tell us a little bit about your prayer life and your household um, and what God's been showing you lately. Well, um, I was, I've been thinking a lot about my personal prayer life and our prayer life together, um, especially during this retreat weekend. And I have to say that the talks have been so great. Andrea, your, your talks have been so helpful to me, especially that talk on vulnerability. So, I mean, I really encourage you out there, if you have not been on retreat this weekend, um, please register. You can continue to register and, and watch these videos because um, they really give you a lot to think about. And um, so I've, you know, I have been thinking a lot about my prayer life this weekend and realizing that for a lot of my life, and especially um, I think before I got married, as I was praying and waiting, you know, to find that right person. And then once we were married and we started, you know, trying to conceive and having these infertility issues, um, I realized that my prayer life with God is 
oftentimes largely transactional, right? So like, I feel like I'm entering into like a business negotiation with the Lord a lot of times. And like, so I list off to him all of the things that I have done. Like, okay, Lord, like here, I first of all, here I am. I came to pray, right? And here are all the things that I'm doing right. Now, here's what I need from you. Um, and so, I, you know, it's not that we can't or that we shouldn't ask the Lord for the things that we need. He tells us that we should do that. But I think so often I look at the Lord as... Um, someone who either doles out the things that I want or doles out punishment to me. Um, and so that's why Andrea, your chart that you put together or, or that you shared on the retreat about the different images that we have of God and how in some ways they image, you know, how we look at ourselves was so helpful to me because um, I too often look at God as someone again, who I'm negotiating with, rather than, you know, my loving father who wants what is good for me. Um, what is good for me is not always exactly what I want or in the way that I want it. Um, but he's not there to, to have a business meeting with me. He's there to love me and to guide me and, um, to bring me to eternal life ultimately. Um, so yeah, I think, I think just this weekend and these talks have really um, kind of caused me to examine that part of how I interact with the Lord, um, maybe a little bit more honestly, which is hard to do because I like, I hate even admitting that. Um, but I, but I think it's important for us to do that, like to, you know, to look at those things, to, to go interior and to see that so that, you know, we, so that we can change or so that we can ask the Lord to help us change, you know, God help me to, you know, to be in a, a closer, deeper relationship with you and not, you know, look at you as someone that, that I have to bargain with. So I don't know. What do you well, think, I don't Mary? think that's necessarily bad. I mean, um, <laughs> no, I mean, he's our paternal father. Uh, we will petition him like we do right. our parents, but ultimately God knows what's best for us. So we may not see it uh, right away and we're always asking and I'm sure he knows that we're always asking, but uh, I, I think uh, there's nothing wrong with that because he's our, our paternal father and uh, he will give us guidance. And I, I like pr praying in that, in that form. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Thank you. Do you guys um, share anything um, as a couple with your prayer? Do you, do you pray together or is it more just personal prayer in your house? Well, you know, I think what was really good for us when we were first dating, not right when we were first dating, but probably once we were like a month or so in. Yeah. Well, before we were engaged, we were, you know, we prayed together. We were long distance. Keith lived in Pittsburgh and, and I lived in Philadelphia. Um, and we made this conscious decision that we wanted to pray, first of all, to discern our relationship. And then once we were engaged to, to kind of help us prepare for marriage. So we prayed every day on the phone. Um, and, you know, Keith was... Right. And Keith was working in, in a job that sometimes he got home really late. 
Um, so, you know, he would call me at 11 o'clock at night and I have to admit that, you know, I would, <laughs> I would be tired and I would sort of like start yawning so that he would get, you know, cause I would, I would think to myself, well, he'll see that I'm tired and he'll just say, oh, okay, let's, you know, let's just go to bed. But that's not what you did. Mm-hmm. Well, well, then that'd be the, the night that I would pray for us. Right. Instead of letting me off the hook, he would say, well, let me pray for us. So, I mean, that, you know, that was great to have him to sort of hold me accountable. And I, I mean, I think we still try to do that as much as we can. Sometimes it gets harder though. I mean, I don't know what everybody else, you know, experiences, but like sometimes when, you know, now you're living together and you're, you know, you're working and you're, you have a routine, you know, sometimes it, I mean, it really does get hard to, um, you know, to put forth that effort and to hold each other to account. But what I notice, and I I don't know if you'll agree with this, but I think that when we're not praying, if my personal prayer life is not great, if it's inconsistent, and if we're not praying together, our relationship is not that good, I think. And our communication is not that great. Um, So that's like a signal that, oh. Something's missing. Yeah, something's missing. And, and one or the other of us will kind of call the other one back. Thank you. That's really powerful. I think you have a good point there. It just takes us personally going to the Lord first and foremost um, to bless our marriage, not only bless ourselves, but bless our marriage. Kimberly, what about you and your husband as well? Yeah, so I was not raised Catholic. My husband was a cradle Catholic and he went to Catholic school and he went to daily mass every day with his dad growing up. And my family never went to church ever. And um, so I did not have my conversion until I was 29 years old. And so my experience, I first came um, to know Jesus and have a very powerful encounter with him through his mercy and his grace. It was just all mercy because I had been living my life completely lost. Um, and I, I mean, I did not know God existed and I was, um, beginning to question, you know, well, who says what's right and what's wrong. And, um, anyway, and so I began to actually ask, you know, if God, if you exist, please just reveal yourself to me, reveal yourself to me. And, um, and I participated in a lot of different, you know, like Buddhist prayer circles and Native American sweat lodge and, you know, all these different, different new agey things um, in an attempt to find God. And I totally had discounted Christianity, but um, I, I was living right across the street from a church. And one day I just kind of stumbled in there and had just an amazing encounter with Christ. Um, so my experience was like uh, just being poured, like lots of grace poured upon me, uh, lots of really intense experience of God's presence from the very beginning of that relationship. So I, um, I feel like my prayer is, it was more like, you know, the kind of like the Protestant, I mean, it, people would say, you know, I, I wasn't, I didn't really know about, I wasn't Catholic at all. Um, I became Catholic later. And so when I talk to God, it's, you know, it's, it's just like, Oh God, I love you so much. And, you know, it's very, um, 
informal. And then I marry my husband, who is more like a kind of, you know, by the book Catholic guy. <laughs> and so he's like, let's pray, you know, morning prayer, let's pray evening prayer. And I'm like, well, let's just share our hearts. <laughs> and, and he's like, oh, what are you talking about? You know, so it's been interesting um, as we've been married now for 12 years that now we both kind of are able to sort of meet in the middle. So, you know, I really enjoy doing night prayer. I love it. Um, but then we bring in, you know, um, some of the feelies, <laughs> me talking, you know, like praying our hearts as well. So, um, you know, and like we just had mass. We, um, we just watched it on TV because we've been exposed <laughs> to COVID. We're quarantined. But um, we just watched it. and. Um, and I was like repeating, <laughs> I was like repeating things and reading the gospel. Of course, we have four little children. Um, and so I was, anyway, I get very animated with it. And, you know, it's very different. My husband and I are very different. But um, something I'm finding is really helpful is really if we just start praying first thing in the morning. Because um, it's hard for us to find a time. You can hear the screaming children. Um, <laughs> it's very hard. We have a two-year-old and three six-year-olds, and it's a lot of activity. And um, so, just recently, oh, something else I wanted to mention is that we do things like this. So this is an amazing. I highly recommend it. Um, Advent meditation sort of um, thing. Father Mark Toops, it's called Rejoice. And this is just for Advent. So Greg and I are both doing this individually. Um, so that's something, and then, you know, we can share what we've experienced together later, but we do it individually. But like I said, we wake up in the morning and I'll usually just start off, because um, we have a crucifix like right up in our room and um, I can pray and I just pray out loud. And then I start thanking God for all of our amazing blessings and, you know, and then just, um, you know, lifting up our, my day and our days to the Lord. And it, it's really been a really wonderful thing to do to get our day started. I have to start my day with prayer or else I'm lost, <laughs> completely lost. That's, yeah, that's really true. I think it's easy to get just lost in our days despite what's going on, you know, but to be able to do that right away, it's, that's really great. Great. Thank you for sharing that. And that book is, it's called Rejoice, you said, and it's by yes. Father Mark Toops. Yes. So good. And he has videos as well. We watch together once a week. Okay. And it's good. That's wonderful. Ascension Press. Okay. Thanks for the recommendation. <laughs> um, Stacey and Phil, what about you guys? I know you shared in your beautiful witness for the retreat, but if you'd like to expand on what goes on with you in prayer. Sure. So um, I wanted to add a little bit more about our prayer routine. Um, more specifically, one of my favorite ways more recently that I've begun to pray is um, through an app on my phone. It's called Praise You Go. And um, it has like daily more meditations. I usually use it in the morning. Um, but that takes you through a a reading and so you're you're diving into scripture and you're spending time just like you and Jesus and 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 meditating and so I really enjoy that way to pray and I also think that sometimes we underestimate the value of car prayer so like <laughs> when you're <laughs> driving in the car and um you know like turn off the radio or sometimes I'll like 
play a rosary or a chaplain of my mercy driving in the car. Um, our bishop gave a talk recently about how he prefers not to have a driver so that way he can pretend like Jesus is in his front seat and he's just talking to Jesus when he drives places. Um, so I think that there's a lot of value in that and just like finding ways throughout the day to incorporate prayer. This morning we went for a walk while he was playing disc golf and I walked with him and as we were praying, or sorry, as he was playing, I was praying through the woods as we were like going through. Um, so just finding different ways um, to incorporate prayer into your day and um, like trying, I think it's really fun to try new things and um, and see how it helps you grow um, and brings you closer to Jesus. We just recently started doing a, a holy hour every Wednesday morning. Um, at a local perpetual adoration chapel. And I think that's been really, really fruitful for us too. Yeah. I mean, I'd go back to the car thing. Um, like yesterday, um, we were driving to mass. Uh, we had no radio on or anything silence in the car. Um, so personally, I think that quiet time is almost like a prayer on my way to church that kind of gets my heart ready. Um, so not listening to no, no, uh, you know, like, music that's not going to lift my heart closer to the Lord. So that way when I arrive at mass, I'm ready to go. Um, and we usually try to arrive a little bit early. So we have a little bit of quiet time to uh, get our hearts shifted towards the Lord. I think too, for a long time with us, with our experience in fertility, well, maybe for me, um, it took me a while before I really brought it to Jesus because I was so like, I've got this, like my doctor's got this, like we're, we have been under control. Um, and so definitely, uh, getting to a point where you're like, no, I need to bring this to the Lord. And, and, and I think it's true with everything. Um, I think I'm, I'm less hesitant to bring something to Jesus now, realizing like he needs, like he needs me to bring everything to him or I need, I need to, (laughs) to bring everything to Jesus. And so I think definitely the experience of infertility has helped me to open my heart more up to Jesus. Um, cause sometimes we feel like, and maybe for me personally, like I like, maybe it's selfish to want, like to have my desires mentioned first, like, and we need to pray for other people or, uh, but like, why would God, like, why should I ask for something for myself? And so realizing that like, no, Jesus actually does care for me. Um, he, he wants my good and, and, and so just like, don't be afraid to like, uh, to, to say what my personal needs and my personal intentions are and to ask God for those things and to ask him for, for healing because like he, he does care, um, not just for everybody around me, but he cares for me personally. And so just to help me see that, like, he loves me as his, as his daughter. Yeah, definitely. And I was going to ask, like, so it sounds like your infertility has kind of brought you closer to the Lord, would you say, like through the experience and the vulnerability of your struggles in fertility? Is that true? Oh, absolutely. 100%. I don't know. I don't know if I would have learned how to be so vulnerable had I not mm-hmm. had these experiences um, with the Lord in prayer and like realizing that I think, I think, it, it, I mean, realizing that I need to turn to him no matter what, with whatever I have. Um, yeah, that would be accurate. 
That's beautiful. That's such a such a witness um, to us all too, as we all are wrestling with this this cross that you've kind of turned your perspective on it to look at it and to allow it to be a tool to draw you closer to the Lord. And um, you've had the grace for that, which is something we can all ask for, you know. So that's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And I wanted to check in with you quick if there is any um, questions or comments um, from the Facebook page. Yeah, we don't have any questions. We've been getting a lot of comments, though. Um, people are really kind of resonating with some of the things that everyone is sharing. Um, and also um, just kind of sharing some ideas um, uh, you know, praying the rosary together, for example. Um, and so um, please, you know, put those comments on if, I mean, if you have favorite prayers or things that really work for you, you know, please post that in the comments on Facebook, or if you have a question for us, um, or if you're having a challenge, I mean, I, we don't have all the answers, but you know, we all can just kind of share and help each other. Definitely. Thank you. Um, Father Paul and Alyssa, can you share a little bit about your prayer? Sure. Yeah. I guess I should start out by saying that, uh, yes, we are Catholic, but yes, I am a priest, and yes, we are married, and yes, it's all valid. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a cradle Byzantine Catholic, uh, and Alyssa is a cradle Roman Catholic, and we've come to realize that uh, very recently that our personal spirituality is not necessarily incompatible, but definitely shows that I'm a Byzantine Catholic and she is uh, Roman Catholic. And I think we were talking about this and it started to become evident uh, during Holy Week, just this past Holy Week when we were in, in, the, in the house, you know, we, the church was closed and everything, we were praying the Holy Week services in the house. I'm up in the makeshift chapel we had in the attic of, of that house and I'm doing prostrations and I'm fasting and I'm up there hours and she's like, what are you doing up there? Like, get the kids up, we gotta go pray, we gotta do this. And you're just like, uh, okay. But what we come to realize is throughout our entire relationship, I, I think we're, we're both, you know, relatively prayerful people, but in our own respects, we don't really pray together, right? Other than, I mean, going to liturgy, but even so, we're not together. I'm up at the altar. She's in the choir loft. We literally are the two furthest people away from each other in the church. Yeah, so we're doing we're, everything together. Yes. So I guess that counts. Right. <laughs> but but yeah. So if you want to talk a little bit about that realization. Um. Or, yeah, yeah. I think I think we both pray for each other, and I think we both definitely have our a very specific prayer life. Mine sounded a more a, a little more like I can't remember who said it. It's more of a just off the cuff, I love you, God, thank you for this, or, or you know, little little bits and pieces as I see it throughout the day. So God is very present, but it's not um, this formalized prayer role that I keep. Um, I try, and and it's it just doesn't feel right, and I think that that's okay, and I think that everyone's prayer life will look a little bit differently, and we just have such opposite um, feelings about how we pray. But we have also realized that um, what we do do is come together and, and we talk about our prayer life in, in terms, it's almost intellectualizing it in a way. 
Um, yeah, and I and I think that that we stay in tune with each other's thoughts and feelings and relationship with God, but we're not necessarily side by side praying specific prayers. Um, yeah, and, and, it, and I think it works for each of us because Alyssa, she is, you know, more, uh, I guess, like emotionally in tune with things. And I'm more of a closed off, like logical, intellectual, where it's like, okay, 6.15, I'm doing morning prayers. 8 o'clock, I'm in the church doing that. And this and that, it's very structured. And, and sometimes I think I tend to lose track of, of the emotional the contact that can come through the intellectual parts of prayer and she kind of helps me draw into that and then she will always ask me questions about either scripture or why is this prayer structured this way or why do we do this and I can answer that and it sort of helps me to think like oh well yeah well I'm not just praying morning prayers at 6.15 because I'm able retentive and I can't move on it's like no there's there's a reason for this and so she helps bring that out of me and i think that helps her you know to understand right you balance why each, each other out so the prayer converges but in this mystical realm of you know of perils of god's time it just kind of happens when it does and i think that's part of it too is that uh um i'm trying to hijack this for a second going back to what what everybody said is is totally my story where with, with Anne and I remember when we were first uh, married and struggling uh, with the beginnings of our, our infertility journey, just praying to God and be like, hey man, you know what we want, you know what I want, you know, we want to do this, we want to do this, 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 okay? This has to work. And then it gets to the point where my prayers would literally just be, uh, God, you know what I want, you know what I want, okay, let's move on, you know, 30 seconds, whatever. But then, over the years, you know, and then having gone to seminary and, and um, now being a priest, I've come to realize that, that prayer, you know, is, is a relationship like any other. And in the, uh, the reflection I gave, um, the nativity icon, I made it a point that, you know, the couple is a relationship. You have to work at that. And the only way that's going to happen is if you're present to one another and you're talking. So. Uh, our relationship with God through prayer is the same. It's it's no different than any other relationship. Um, and and if you're not spending the time to get to know Him, even though He knows you better than you know yourself, if you are not uh, spending the time to get to know Him to share yourself, it's like being at dinner with somebody and they're like looking down at their phone or just I'm sorry, uh, and they're just looking um, at their phone or they're doing this or that. If, uh, uh, you know. Uh, it's not going to work. And so if we take this time to just spend with God, either with our, our spouse, you know, like you, uh, Phil and Stacy, you said you go do uh, adoration, right, together. Uh, something like that's fantastic. Or what, what I prefer is either have a, I call it having coffee with the saints. Like I'll pick an icon uh, and just have a cup of coffee for 20 minutes and, and stare at the icon with a candle and try to put everything else out, you know, and, and just focus on that. So when we are struggling and when we're desperate, you know, when, when, when we have these dire needs and, and we're hurting, we kind of focus on all of that stuff. And rightfully so, we want to throw that on God, but at the same time, sometimes we just need a break. And God can be that, that break. Just try to, try to 
And I think he was saying I'm more of, you know, the, the emotional cushy type. And that's how my relationship with God is as well. Um, and that makes me think of this term. I don't remember the first time I heard someone say this to me, but um, just leaning in to God but, or leaning into your relationship or leaning into whatever saints you're asking for intercession from. Um, and that really resonated with me. Um, and the first time I heard that uh, was, was when we started our infertility journey. Um, and just to, to give you an idea of what um, our situation is, we had a long struggle with infertility and we did wind up um, with two children, praise God, um, and now we struggle again with secondary infertility. And so it's kind of like this back and forth. So it started in, in the beginning when we were really trying for our first child that I, I heard this leaning in. And the, as soon as I heard that, it, it made me just think of like a warm blanket, cushy, just just a warmth. And and I realized that that was God's warmth. That was that that daddy that if I was hurting and I was even if I was angry at God for why why me why is this happening, I would just lean in and I could feel that warmth and that presence of the Father, um, and I think that carried me through a lot of of the struggle. And I think it helped me to realize that I could also lean in to my spouse in the same way and seek comfort from my spouse. Um, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can I say something about that? Can I just like pick up on what Alyssa was just saying about like the leaning in? Because I mean, we're Keith and I are now past that um stage of of trying to conceive. So when I look back, especially for me on my prayer life, I mean, and we prayed together. Um during, you know, in the thick of all that, in the middle of the, the treatments and all of that. Um, but again, I was so, at, at least for me, I don't, Keith, you might want to kind of give your perspective too, but I was so focused on the goal and going a little bit to what you said too, Stacy, about like, oh, listen to the doctors or do this diet or, you know, what have you. Um, I was so focused on, on the goal that I think, Alyssa, I was leaning into the goal and I wasn't leaning into the Lord. Um, and he was there, but again, like he was that person that I was asking for stuff. You know, he was, again, not that we shouldn't be asking, but, um, but I was so focused on what we or I, what I was trying to achieve um, that, you know, I, I wasn't, when I look back on that time, I was not letting myself be embraced by the father. Um, I was not, I was sort of lashing out sometimes in my prayer, in my desperation, in my sorrow, in my anger and all of that stuff. But I was not just sort of falling into his arms and giving it to him. Um, and so I, I think if I could go, if I could go back and tell myself, if I could tell Anne of, you know, 2011, 2012, um, 
uh, this this experience, this this realization that I have now, I would say, you know, open your arms up and let him embrace you and give him all this emotion and and you know ask him for these things, but um, but don't be so focused on just achieving a particular goal because that I I know that I became so focused at times on that goal that I didn't, not only did I not lean into the father, but I didn't lean into my husband. And I've said this before, um, that I did not marry an idea or a scenario or, you know, it's Christmas time. So I think of it as like a snow globe, right? Like I didn't, I didn't marry this like particular scene in a snow globe that was going to look you know, the way that I wanted, I married this person. And so if we are not cultivating our relationship with God and our relationship with each other in and through him, then like, what are we doing? And if we did get pregnant, what kind of home would that be? <laughs> if, if we were, you know, just kind of seeing each, each other in that like transactional kind of way, if that makes sense. Um, so I don't know. Did you want to add anything? Yeah. I mean, I was praying for hope and and the hope that we would become pregnant, but I also, at the time, I didn't like the steps that you had to go through and, you know, it was hard for me to tell you not to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, we've, we've had this discussion before about treatment too, and why I think, you know, the discernment is really important and, and bringing God into that discernment for, you know, how, how, what treatments that you want to do, how, you know, sort of how long do you want to keep going? And, um, you know, and this idea that like God is not up there saying, well, listen, you better do absolutely every single thing and don't you give up, you know, because I'm not going to bless you otherwise. Like, no, that's, that's not, that's not who he is, you know? Um, so yeah, it's a lot of it is, is just sort of relinquishing control, which is super, super hard. <laughs> if I can speak to you, um, oh, go ahead. something Anne just said about um, discerning treatments. Um, I actually had an interesting experience with our doctor Um, We were approaching the line that we had drawn in the sand um, and we knew we didn't want to cross over to, to certain things. And my doctor, she was wonderful, but she came back to me with, well, what about this thing? Or what about this thing? And I said, no, I'm not comfortable with that. What about this thing? No, I'm not comfortable with that. And she said, well, why? And I shared, well, um, they go against my, my moral beliefs and my, my religious convictions and so she suggested that I get a new priest. <laughs> I was like, um, it doesn't work that way. So thank you for your input, but we're gonna, <laughs> we're drawing that line. So, I mean, it is funny to look back on, but it is a real thing that you have to discern and pray about and um, um, hold to that conviction because it's right there. It's, it's like they can put that, thing that you want that pregnancy they're basically saying we can give this to you right now and you have to say no and that's really hard so um i i definitely resonate with what you're saying just then Anne. 
Can I add just also that even with things that aren't necessarily immoral or illicit, like there's a process of discernment that goes into that too. Even if it is allowable by the church, maybe, maybe it's not what, what is God's asking of us and it's okay. Like, even if you decide not to, you know, take whatever medication this cycle or do whatever treatment that is listed, like that's something you can discern and just rest in knowing, like Anne said, rest in knowing that like God's not going to be like, oh, she wasn't trying hard enough. He wasn't trying hard enough. I'm not going to give you a baby. Like God doesn't work that way. And so just like rest in the peace and knowing that like at the end of the day, everything's in God's hands. It's not in your hands. Um, It's not in your doctor's hands even. So like turning back to God is, is, is the best thing we can do for our infertility. Um, Like turning to God is more than turning to treatments and turning to our doctors um, because he's the only one that's going to bring us that peace and that assuredness and that knowledge that we're enough and that we're loved. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. And, you know, being kind of a control freak and wanting to make things happen and, you know, take charge kind of person and recognizing, you know, I can't make this happen. And um, it's such a gift to have the faith to be able to turn to God and say, God, like, take this, take this from me and take this burden, take this, like, this feeling that I am not doing everything I possibly could do or, or this, you know, agonizing, what should I do? I don't really feel comfortable with that. I don't want to do this. You know, I, I just, like, if this isn't going to happen, maybe it's not your will. And trying to trust that God was going to work things out, um, you know, that was, that was like the struggle, I think, was just, you know, to trust that God was going to work it out. But when I would get to that place, you know, I would get to that place. And then of course, then doubt would seep in and everything. But when I would get to that place of trust, I felt free because it's like, okay, you know what? God has this in, in control and I can't, and I don't have to, and I can let it go and give it to him and let him do what he wants. And, you know, we ended up being able to adopt. And I'll tell you, I am really so happy and like blessed by our children. And I don't feel at all less their mother because I didn't give birth to them. And um, at all. It's remarkable because I would have thought maybe there would feel like there's a difference or, you know, wouldn't feel like, you know, I'd feel maybe in competition with their birth mothers. I don't feel that at all. And I have an open relationship with my children's birth parents and, um, you know, and it's a very beautiful thing. And I actually feel, you know, kind of a little bit maternal to them, to the birth mothers, you know? Um, So anyway, God is so good. I just want to say like, God is so good. And that if we just trust him with our hearts, like he's going to, you know, take care of us and fulfill our heart's desires. It may not look exactly what we think it's going to look like, but he's going to um, give us what we need, what is good for us. And he wants to just bless us. And he's blessing us all the time. We just have to like, look around and, and be aware of the blessings that are coming. And the more we thank God, it just seems like the more he blesses us. <laughs> yeah. And there's not, there's not like a, a magic bullet that gets you to trust and like 
if there's anybody out there who's listening to us and saying like, oh, well, that's great for these people. They have it all together. Believe me, don't have it all together <laughs> or not all the time or, you know, but um, yeah. So what I liked about, um, and in one of Andrea's talks, and I don't remember which one it was, Andrea, but you, you know, you were talking about how Mary consented, right? Like all along the way, you know, when the angel comes, she consents and like, you know, through, through each phase really of her life, each phase of her life with Christ, she consents. And I think that's what we do. Like, it's too big to say, well, just trust God and everything will work out. Well, <laughs> you know, how, how? So maybe if we just, like, if we consent, if we, you know, accept like one step at a time, Lord, I consent to this right now today and tomorrow I'll think about what I need to, you know, to consent to or to work on. Um, it doesn't have to be this like all or nothing right now, trust God or don't, you know, it's, it's a little bit at a time. And he knows that like he completely knows that. And he wants to take us one day, one moment, at a time. That's, that's enough for him. I really love the meditation that Andrea led us through where you imagine yourself like as a four-year-old or five-year-old. And I was thinking about how, well, we like had conversations afterwards about like what our prayer was like, but I was thinking like comparing myself to what I might have been like a year ago or two years ago and thinking about like what God has done that that I was gifted this just beautiful image of this beautiful garden and like Jesus embracing me and the blessed mother embracing me. And I don't know that I would have, I don't know that I would like have been there two years ago or a year ago, even just because I, I hadn't like allowed myself to be vulnerable. So I just really appreciated that. And um, yeah, it was really good. Thank you so much, Andrea. Yeah, thanks, Stacey. I'm glad that it was a blessing for you. It's something I go to almost every day. So um, please, yeah, let the Lord do his thing there. And, and thank you all for sharing. Um, I just I just love to say, like, this um, vulnerability and trust, like Anne was saying, doesn't happen overnight. And um, that we can really pray for the grace um, and ask the Lord to grow us in trust, to grow us in vulnerability, to grow us in faithfulness, because our, our paths of holiness aren't us doing the work. <laughs> like we, we can do things, yes, but like it's, the burden is not all on us. We can go to the Lord and ask for the grace too. So um, it shouldn't feel as though it's a burden if we're not there yet. Um, and I, I know personally, I am not either. So continue to work at it. And um, something else you guys said, um, oh, I just recently heard, uh, we were talking about hope and, and treatments and things like that. And um, the phrase that hope, that we shouldn't hope in a solution to our problems, but we, we hope in a person. And just, you know, kind of similar to what Anne was saying about, about Mary and Keith as a person. Jesus is that person for us. And so our hope and our, our um, we don't put all our, our um, eggs in the basket of treatment and fertility and bearing a child, but that goes towards the Lord. So that's something that really spoke to me this week. And 
um, Matt and I, Matt's not here. He's unfortunately has some chronic illness uh, issues, one of those being a migraine. So he's in bed right now. But um, him and I have been married for six years. And um, Matt actually is a convert to the Catholic faith. And he almost became completely Orthodox um, before uh, we got married in college. And so he almost went that route. But um, he actually practiced Byzantine faith for a while, um, or the Byzantine rite for a while, and then kind of came around to meeting me, and I'm Roman Catholic, and so we kind of just compromised a little bit on our spiritualities, but I appreciate you all sharing that because uh, faith is a big part of our marriage, but it was definitely awkward at first when we first <laughs> started dating and talking about this, and how do you pray with each other? Like, this is a little funny. Like, how do I have this conversation? Like, like most of you beautiful women, I too am in more of an emotional prayer and he's more of a logical, that's the complementarity of men and women, <laughs> which is beautiful. But, um, but we, we worked it out and we just kind of said, all right, let's, let's start praying. We are long distance for a while. So we'd pray down the phone at nighttime, but, um, it was funny for me at first because he didn't pray like I prayed. And I, <laughs> I was like, wait a second, you, you should pray like me. <laughs> like that's, that's how this should work. Um, but after I got over myself and realized, oh no, actually he's connecting with the Lord in his way and I can learn from this, then we can, you know, work this out. So that's been a blessing for us. Um, in our house, we usually just take time before bed to pray out loud and, and actually speaking to vulnerability, um, through our infertility journey was very vulnerable for me because um, I'm, you know, dealing with the struggle myself personally and um, asking for his prayer and he would actually pray with me or pray over me, so to speak. Um, it, it grew me in vulnerability a lot. Just even asking for that from him of like, I need your prayers um, for this and saying that out loud just helped to grow our marriage. So that was a, that was a huge blessing um, and it connected us as a couple. So that's, that's been such a gift in our marriage too, but we're definitely not perfect in it. We, <laughs> we don't pray every day. We miss our prayer times. We, you know, but we, we try and we get back up every day to try to come before the Lord together and, and personally as well, um, even though it's different and that's okay. Or even if you have a spouse that actually isn't close to the Lord, you know, that's, it's maybe our role and maybe God's asking you to pray for them and to offer them up. Um, but everybody is, is on that journey and that's, um, when we respect that, right. In our faith. So anyway, thank you all for sharing. Um, and I want to check back in with you before we start our novena to see if there's any other questions or comments. Yeah, we actually had two questions. So, um, maybe I'll, I'll read, them one at a time and then maybe um just if one or two of us wants to kind of chime in because because we're getting toward the end of our hour um one question is just about when you're charting and going through treatment and that sort of thing and it, and it becomes frustrating um and and an area that a couple has a hard time with so how do you how do you deal with that um you know i mean keith i know just mentioned that you know um, it's difficult sometimes for our spouse to, you know, kind of see us when we're undergoing treatment and might see some of the ill effects that happen or, um, or that kind of thing. So I guess just basically how as a couple when when you're undergoing treatment, 
Um, and it can become really frustrating, you know, how, how can you kind of work through that? And maybe we can think about, especially, um, you know, through prayer. Does anybody have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I know when we were going through heavy duty treatments, um, there were points in time where it was just, I need a break. Um, and at first it took me a long time to get to a place where that was okay with me. Um, it was go, 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 we gotta get this done, this has to happen. And so we would go month after month after month um, and it was exhausting. And I think those were the times when we fell away from any kind of prayer because it was exhausting. Um, and so it was never, it was never like, okay, we'll go three months and we'll try some, we'll take a month off or whatever. It was just kind of, wow, this is too much right now. Just stop. And it, and everything kind of settled back into, um, something normal. Um, and it just felt okay again to start back up later. And I think allowing yourself to take that time and, and leaning in and finding your way back to the path you need to be on at that moment was very important for our journey. So maybe that's something we can try. Um, <clears throat> speaking to charting, I'm probably a terrible example, but um, I've, I've been like harassed to the point of tears at my doctor's office about like charting. It's really bad, but um, like, I just want to say it's okay to not do it sometimes. Uh, that doesn't mean you always don't do it, but like, it's okay if you need to take a break and to say, you know what, I can't put another freaking sticker on this paper and I am just done and, and that's fine. And just maybe, maybe Jesus is saying that you need to take a break. Um, or, or maybe you can turn it into a prayer or, or like enlist your spouse into it. Um, I think for a while when we first started our like treatments and stuff like that, I would go to doctor appointments by myself because I'm like, oh, this is my struggle. It's my thing. And, and I, we got to a point where it's like, okay, I'm not doing this alone anymore. And I think we're not charting, not really charting right now, but, um, if we ever return to that, I know I'm going to make him <laughs> do it because I like, I'm just beyond that point anymore. <laughs> yeah. I was very fortunate that Keith was really involved, you know, when, when we were charting. So, I mean, I know that's not everybody's experience, but I would encourage the husbands to, you know, I mean, you don't have to physically put all the stickers on, but I mean, at least, you know, just sort of being there with your wife through that, looking at the chart once in a while, you know, checking in because it really can feel so much like our struggle and, you know, we can feel alone it. And, but I think sometimes our husbands might sort of think like, oh, well, that's like, it's sort of a private thing, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, um, but that's a, you know, that's a communication thing. I think that's like being really, you know, kind of open with each other. All right, let me get one, one more question in um, before we move to the prayer. Um, there's a lot of questions in here, but basically um, sharing that they've been struggling to conceive for a while and wondering like what to pray for. 
Um, did you pray asking to conceive or a uniformity or a conformity really with God's will? Um, they sort of feel at a loss. They also have a question about discerning adoption, which is probably a whole other Facebook Live that we can do. And I would really encourage you to email us at info at springsinthedesert.org because Kimberly um, can really talk with you and work with you about that whole process of, of discernment with adoption. Um, but just in terms of like what to pray or how to pray, I maybe Father, do you want to? You're the one, you know, wearing the wearing the priestly getup, so I'm going to go to you, right? Sure, yes. Uh, I'm going to try to not be horribly technical, but when we pray, um, and this came up in the very beginning of, of the talk, it's a-okay to ask God for stuff. It's okay to ask him for things. That's, that's partly why he's there, you know? Uh, but we also have to remember that we can't neglect all the things he has given us as parts of our prayer. And so this actually goes back to the ancient uh, Jewish custom of prayer where you would say all the things God has done for you that you're thankful for. And essentially, I'm kind of making light of this, but you say all the things you're thankful for. And then you say, hey, since you did all this great stuff, can you also do X, Y, Z for me? You know, and so that's a way, one way to pull the prayer outside of yourself where you're not kind of making it just, um, oh, you know, you're focusing on the one thing. I need this, I need this, I need this. It's, you know, helping you reflect on what God has done for you and realizing he's there to support you through this in, in one way or another. And then also fixating on our needs in prayer could kind of, it's good, but then it might pull us away. So what we want to do is, yes, bring those needs before God, but then move on to something else. Have a, a, your favorite prayer or a psalm or a scripture verse, anything. And after you, you know, thank God for what he's given you, ask for your intentions, then clear the, clear the air, clear your mind, and, and focus on that prayer in a way to just, Get, get the worry out of your mind and rest in, in the Lord because part of our prayer has to be relieving ourselves of some sort of pain from, from our struggle. It's not just about, you know, uh, checking off, off the list. And finally, what I'll say is because I tend to get long-winded, especially about these topics, speaking about the checklist, um, for those of us watching who are, uh, you know, Catholic and, and are struggling with this, we cannot forget the sacrament of reconciliation and going to confession is a big part of this. And this is something I wish I knew, you know, seven, eight years ago when we were going through all this. Because a lot of times, whether we're, we're Byzantine Catholic or Roman Catholic, we often fall into that mindset of, okay, let me go, I have my list, I did X, Y, Z, okay, give me my three Hail Marys and my Our Father, and we'll go on our way. But that's not what it's all about. And, and, and grieving is not a sin in itself. But when, when we're grieving, when we're struggling, when we're doing these things, you know, it, it, let's face it, it causes us, causes us to do things that we normally wouldn't do. Maybe it's despondency or depression or we're lashing out or this or that. Confession is the time to bring that before God and know you have this 
this, this intensely personal encounter with Christ when you're in confession. It's this magic time of just you and God and no one else. And this is where we bring our, our pain and our sorrow in and leave it there as a way of simply relieving our, our burden, even if it's just a little bit. But then the beauty part about it is we can go back and we do it again and again and again. So that's, that's my two cents over there. <laughs> Thank you all. Um, so Anne, should we go forth with the novena? Okay, wonderful. Um, so we posted the um, St. Andrew novena on our uh, Springs in the Desert Facebook page for those of all um, you guys watching, if you wanna read along or pray along with us. But um, the beauty of this novena um, is that it's said 15 times total each day. Um, through the Advent season. So we're gonna go around actually and you know repeat this beautiful prayer 15 times and then uh, we will um, offer any intentions that you all added online and end with a blessing from Father Paul as well. So um, we're gonna start and I will start each round with a uh, more general intention for all of us as we close out this um, this time together today. So uh, let's begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, dear Lord, thank you for being with us today. And uh, this first round of prayers we offer for all of those who feel unsupported in their infertility journey and also those disconnected from God, feeling disconnected from God. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his blessed mother. Amen. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O oh my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his blessed mother, amen. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O oh my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and, and of his blessed mother. Amen. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the, the merits of our Savior, Savior Jesus Christ, and, and of his blessed mother. Amen. Hail and blessed be the hour and the moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, thou safe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior Jesus Christ and of his blessed mother. Amen. 
And now we pray for those undergoing uh, fertility treatment. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his blessed Mother. Amen. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his blessed Mother. Amen. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his blessed Mother. Amen. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his blessed Mother. Amen. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his blessed Mother. Amen. And lastly, we pray for those who have experienced pregnancy or infant loss. Hail and blessed be the hour and the moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his blessed Mother. Amen. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O oh my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his blessed Mother. Amen. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his blessed Mother. Amen. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his blessed Mother. Amen. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, thou safe, I beseech thee, 
O oh my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior Jesus Christ and of his Blessed Mother. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you all. And I just want to take a moment to see if there were any prayer intentions that people put in the chat that we can offer before Father closes us. Yeah, we didn't get any specific intentions, but we regularly do get people who message us, who DM us on Facebook and Instagram, or email us um, with specific intentions. So we want to remember those people who have messaged with us and, and are really struggling and have asked for our prayers. We want to pray for everyone who has participated in this retreat, everyone who has been on this Facebook Live, and for all those who are struggling and really feeling this burden of infertility so heavily on their shoulders, and that they would know not only that God loves them, but that we do too, and that, and that we are with you. We are all with you together. Bowing our heads in all humility, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you, who is your co-eternal Son, are the physician of soul and body. Your Son, Jesus Christ, who, by your power, healed the ten lepers by his word. He who commanded the man to pick up his mat and walk. He who, by the very touch of her trembling arm, cured the woman of her twelve-year infirmity. Your only begotten Son, who instructed us that blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. We ask at this time that you send down upon all of the retreatants present virtually your most holy spirit that they may feel the comfort of your loving kindness you who said ask and it shall be granted you who know the intention of our hearts before we utter the words we ask that you grant solace and hear all the intentions brought forth this weekend and throughout the times one is struggling through infertility, grief, loss, and pain. Oh, healer of soul and body, we ask that for your grace and loving kindness, you heal all of us of our weakness, our human infirmity, and you give us the strength to know your love, to feel your love, and to seek your love. And we ask that you bless all the couples today struggling with the various aspects of infertility, that they may grow closer to you, closer to your son, through themselves and through their very marriage. In your name we pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And, and forgive, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
Holy Spirit, now and ever and forever. Amen. May the blessing of the Lord be upon you through his grace and loving kindness, always, now and ever and forever. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Well, thank you all for joining us. Um, please let us know what you thought about this retreat. We would love to hear from you, ways we can improve, things that you really enjoyed. Uh, let us know how else we can come and accompany you um, in your struggle. And stay tuned because we are rolling out new programs all the time. We've got um, a podcast that comes out regularly. So listen to our podcast. And um, like I said, we've got more exciting things to come. So keep checking in with um, our website, springsinthedesert.org and checking in, check in also with our Facebook page and we'll keep you guys posted. All right. God bless you. Thank you everybody for being with us. God bless you.